Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by Hancock Whitney. Hancock Whitney is here for families, here for businesses, here for communities during this challenging time. Visit HancockWhitney.com slash COVID-19 for the latest. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. From our socially distanced virtual lunch table in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Aschuti, Tulane University Freeman School of Business professor and director of the Birkenrode Reports. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. If you went to the grocery store during the earlier days of the pandemic, you remember there were long shelves of empty space. The first thing that went was toilet paper. I'm not sure if any economist, sociologist, or psychologist does fully explain that. Then it was flour and yeast because for some unaccountable reason, everybody stuck at home started baking bread. Then more logistical staples started flying off the shelves, staples that last so you didn't have to go to the store so often, like pasta and beans. Uh, Did you use that package of beans yet? Then and now, if you buy beans in New Orleans, there's a good chance they're camellia. Camellia beans have been around since 1923. Today, 95% of all packaged dry beans sold in New Orleans are camellia. The camellia brand has been owned by the Hayward family since its founding. And that predates the pandemic by quite some time. Sawyer Hayward founded the company when he moved to New Orleans from Bermuda in 1850. The current CEO of L.H. Hayward Company LLC is Vince Hayward. Vince, welcomed out to lunch. Hey, thank you. It's good to be here. Not all beans end up on a plate of red beans and rice. If you prefer beans that are refried or you like black beans with caramelized pork and guacamole, or a whole bunch of other authentic Mexican dishes, you could head to one of nine locations of Felipe's Mexican Taqueria. If you're in New Orleans, you might be thinking, I know Felipe's has a few locations, but I I didn't know there were nine. And you're right. There are three Felipe's in New Orleans, another four in Florida, one in Maryland, outside of Baltimore, and one in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Felipe's is a New Orleans company. It was founded here in 2006. The person largely responsible for its impressive growth is the Director of Finance and Development, Pike Howard. Pike, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thanks, Peter. Glad to be here. This is great. Looking forward to it. Vince, the pandemic buying of beans must have been good for the retail side of your business, but that's leveled off now. And although restaurants and catering businesses are coming back, there have been some very lean times and business for many restaurants is still far from pre-pandemic levels. Through all of this up and down uncertainty, your 75 employees continue to process up to 100,000 pounds of beans a day at your facility in Elmwood. Since the company has been doing this since 1923 and you've had a front row seat to the fundamental local component of supply and demand, I would think you probably have a pretty good handle on where the economy is going. So on the Camellia Beans economic indicator, what is the current status of the New Orleans economy and what are we looking at for the near future? Uh, we're going to give it three beans. <laughs> three out of five. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't, I didn't, um, actually, I didn't join your show to uh, 
answer questions that required any type of cognitive uh, ability to, to reason. So I don't know how to respond yeah. <laughs> to that. Um, you know, we're, uh, I'll just say this, that we're, uh, as, a, as a community and as a culture, we're eating as many beans as we've ever eaten. Uh, it's, we're sort of bean crazy right now. Um, so from that respect, I would say the economy is pretty bad. You know, it's like, you know, we don't, you know, sort of, you know, when, when times are great, no one, no one wants beans, right? You know, it's like when you're, when you're sort of worried about how to make the paycheck last, it's the, that's your, that's your go-to uh, dinner right there. Well, a negative indicator. That was more than I had hoped to learn. They, uh, yeah. you know, Vince, I was once speaking to the CEO of um, Riviana Foods, Mahatma Rice, and he was telling me that the great bulk of rice was sold within, I don't know, like 20 miles of the coast around the United States. Is it true for beans as well? Sure. I mean, uh, the vast majority of what we sell um, happens right here in the city of New Orleans. Uh, but beyond that, certainly in the state. And then beyond that, you know, between, say, Texas and Florida is, is uh, kind of the proverbial bean belt, as we like to say, uh, for, the, for the country, really. Um, you know, that's where many of the beans are consumed um, as a just sort of as a, you know, beans are a, a staple in in rural uh, America and culture. And, and um, uh, it's only in, uh, I would say, relatively recent times that beans have really been considered um, a, a, a sort of a, a clean way to eat, a healthy alternative to other types of proteins and, and sort of plant forward plant-centric diets. So we are seeing a lot of fundamental growth um, in, in places where, uh, um, just generally speaking, people are concerned about their health and what they eat. Of course, none of that, you know, that doesn't happen in the state of Louisiana. So, you know, we, we love to have a good time first and foremost. Um, but, you know, uh, you know, in, 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 in um, so we, we, we are seeing a lot of growth in areas where people are, uh, are um, looking for a healthier lifestyle and a, and a healthier alternative to other other components of their diet in general. Now, Pike, uh, growing a concept restaurant like Felipe's is challenging, but if you get it right, you can get it right in a big way, as New Orleanian Al Copeland discovered with his fried chicken concept Popeyes. But I can't help thinking if he was still with us, even Al Copeland might be tearing his hair out today trying to keep up with the wildly different demands of running restaurants in Florida, Louisiana, and Maryland, all with varying COVID restrictions and requirements. How has it been over the last six months trying to satisfy the various demands of employees, customers, and health departments in Felipe's restaurants in three states? Yeah, that's, uh, that's a great question. And, uh, you know, it's funny that Vince, uh, Vince's bean demand is countercyclical. I'd say we're always we're always looking to buy beans, Vince. Just so you know, so uh, I want to make sure that uh, that's an important part of our uh, staple. Anyway, but your your question, Peter, it's uh, it's definitely been uh, very challenging, uh, and it's been a roller coaster, right? So in the beginning, it's sort of normalized a little bit now, as it feels like we've kind of settled into this like phase these these phases, and they sort of have a time frame with which they're supposed to last. But in the beginning, it was every week, pretty much every week, we were getting some new phase. And it was different in Florida, and it was different in Louisiana, it was different in Maryland. And I think uh, in the beginning, it was it was kind of exciting 
in, in a way because you kind of had just had to be on your game in terms of trying to make sure that the business was adhering to whatever the, the newest restriction was. Uh, but I would say now that, you know, in month six, it's, it's, it's gotten a little old. Um, it, it's, yeah. it's challenging okay. to, uh, <laughs> I well, this has gotten old for everyone, I think at this point, but um, being the front end of the whip, I guess, so to speak, when I think about the restaurant industry in terms of sort of being at the front end of a lot of this stuff in terms of having to adhere to these restrictions, it just requires just this constant sort of is uh, this constant sort of barrage of, of inputs. Um, and you just have to, I think you just have to stay positive at the end of the day. Um, you know, we, there not a day goes by where we don't get some review on some platform about, or some guest who's upset about a, the way a team member's wearing a mask or the way the tables are spaced or, you know, that someone didn't, didn't do this the way they anticipated. And uh, you just gotta grind through it. But they're, 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 is that in both directions? People are concerned that it's either too restrictive or not restrictive enough. Uh, it's it's almost always not restrictive enough. Okay. And Pike, if you remember, you uh, I knew you as as a Tulane uh, MBA student, and I remembered because um, you said you wanted to go into investment banking, and I said no. Mexican restaurants is really the home for you. So <laughs> it is. Uh, this is really really. Those two things just go hand in hand, don't they? Right? <laughs> Hey, Vince, uh, one of the things, Vince, that I get, I'm amazed at is that red beans and red beans and rice seem to be the only thing I know of that is really cuts, a claw, uh, cuts across race and class and, mm-hmm. and uh, it, everybody in the city enjoys them. I, yeah. I can't even think of anything like that. Well, you know, to me, that's one of the very special parts of, of, of doing this work, having this job is that. You know, we, we serve a product that cuts across all, you know, barriers and, and, and uh, groups. And it's true. It's like, you know, it's um, in our in our culture, no, you know, no matter how, how wealthy you are, how poor you are, where you grew up, um, you know, where you came from, it's a dish that you enjoy most often with family and friends and as a group, you know. So it's, uh, it's one of the things I talk about with our team. You know, we're, we're not in the business of selling beans. We're in the business of providing an opportunity for family and friends to come together and enjoy a meal and be around each other. And, um, it's, you know, it's up to us not to screw that up. You know, it's like, <laughs> we don't want to be the one that, that, you know, causes an issue there. A hundred years. And then we got Vince. Yeah. yeah that would be. <laughs> yeah. And Vince, it's funny. You mentioned that you kind of take a page right out of our book too. Uh, and yeah. kind of what, what our goal is and our goal is almost identical in terms of, trying to provide an, you know, an atmosphere for the community based, particularly our neighborhood uh, within sort of the one to five mile radius around our restaurants. And that, and what we've seen that really stretches across all demographics. We don't have like a, a specific group that really, uh, you know, visits our restaurants. And we, we think that that's part of our success thus far. Well, kind of it's certainly that. something to be proud of. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And I, you know, Pike, I noticed where the other restaurants are, like Cambridge and Gainesville and Towson, Maryland. They're in college towns. Was that done for a reason? Oh, yeah. No, it's interesting. So uh, so when you think about the history of the company, uh, the Cambridge location was, was one of the ones that spurred the idea for putting one next to a university, hence uh, the South Maryland location. And then Gainesville, um, if we kind of fast forward a little bit and what we've learned from that, well, we've learned that at the, the uptown location, 
the Tulane students are only about 15 to 20 percent of the of the business actually, and uh, that's a good thing um, because uh, you know they they're not there a whole lot, um, and it, it goes back to what we were just talking about about being supported by the local community around you that's in you know in or around the area. And they come there as a matter of a weekly routine. So that's been kind of the, the key to success. Um, and then you fast forward to Gainesville. Um, we're actually uh, closing that location on the 31st of October. Um, and, and a lot of the reasoning behind that was, uh, was kind of that we had really just captured the demographic of the University of Florida. And we made a great connection with the University of Florida. We had all kinds of stuff that went on in the four years that we were there, but we got to a point uh, where we had the landlord wanting to sell the property. Uh, our, our decision to sort of focus on Southwest Florida for growth. And then um, COVID obviously didn't make anything really any easier. So we were looking at sort of, you know, the company and saying, all right, where do we really want to be and where do we really want to grow going forward? And that's kind of led us to this sort of, um, you know, neighborhood, densely populated, um, um, residential areas, uh, which is where our next location in North Naples is going. And uh, Pike, for a bit of history, you grew up in uh, Baltimore area, but your family's from here. You were the, yes, the Howard of Howard yeah. Wheel, the investment yeah. firm, and yeah, they. And then your um, now, how did how did it work? Your your in laws started Felipe's. Yeah, and then so my in laws got involved in Felipe's with a cousin up in Boston, then brought the concept down here. Then uh, Alio, who was involved in in the concept at uh, Elio's Wine Warehouse, which is still across from our uptown location, he got started with my father-in-law. And Elio uh, was like, oh, "I want to put a deli in this thing next door." You know, like you, I don't know how well you remember Elio if you've been there, but he was a character, right? And uh, my father-in-law, who's also a character, actually. Uh, <laughs> He was like, no, we're going to do this Mexican concept and we're just going to figure it out. I'll build it or whatever. I don't know how to run it, but I'll build it because he's a general contractor. So they're like, all right, we'll do it. So that that started the the uptown location. Alio unfortunately passed away, which then led to a, a buyout um, clause, which now has the company basically as my family and my in-laws. So if something goes wrong, I'm really screwed. I better keep... <laughs> I better keep uh, keep on the track, but I mean, Vince, you know, you run you know family business as well. You can attest to this, but uh, you know, if it works, it works really well. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. I'm talking with Pike Howard from Felipe's Mexican Taqueria and Vince Hayward from LH Hayward, the company that makes Camellia brand beans. Vince, you you know, you I know you have a lot of different beans and peas and things like that, but you went uh, out of that area and you bought an Italian food producer in, in Baton Rouge. What was the thinking there? Uh, there wasn't any. Um, <laughs> it, was, it made no sense. And uh, it was a terrible decision. So <laughs> no, um, the, uh, it, um, yeah, that's the, the, the D'Agostino pasta company. It's, uh, it's the, the Italian um, uh, Sicilian heritage in New Orleans is very rich and old and deep. And this is a family that had come to New Orleans um, turn of the century. And uh, they were pasta makers and they came to New Orleans and started making pasta and, and, and they've been making pasta ever since. And this was a company that uh, due, primarily due to health reasons was sort of in danger of going away. So it's a very small handmade pasta operation in Baton Rouge. Um, 
basically just kind of took it over and uh, just continued the operations of it. I just was really enamored with the history and the brand and the connection to New Orleans actually. And uh, just didn't want to see it go away. Um, and, you know, we'll have some fun with it. Maybe we can grow it and introduce it to, to more people. And it's, um, it's truly a labor of love. I got to tell you, each batch of pasta takes a day to make and then four days to dry and then a couple days to package. And so there's absolutely no money to be made in the business at all. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's just something that we decided. I, you know, personally said, you know, let's, let's not let this go away. Let's, let's just kind of keep it running. And it's been a beloved brand uh, in Baton Rouge. They've been located in Baton Rouge for, for probably 40 years. Uh, but before that, it was a New Orleans company. So it's, to me, it's, it made sense just to, you know, we're an old brand and I, I, I really didn't want that to, to go away. So that's, that's what we did. Glad you did. It's yeah. delicious. Yeah, it's, it's great <laughs> stuff. It's, and, oh, that's the other thing. I forgot to mention this part. It's really good. I've never had, it was the first time in my life that I ever had really good pasta other than, you know, maybe going to a restaurant, of course, and having it there. But, but when I sampled the product, I was like, wow, there's, this is a huge difference. I can't believe I never, I can't believe I haven't been exposed to this. So that was the other, that was the other part too. I really just kind of fell in love with the product. And then I like the, uh, I loved it so much. I bought the company. That's the, the yeah, kind of like yeah. the guy with the Remington razors. <laughs> the, the, uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, in and Pike, and in terms of your growth, will you franchise? I mean, how are you going to do it? Yeah, that's a good question. So, um, we are not franchising currently. And, uh, the, the reason it's, it's a good model, right? Uh, it works for growth. It, it, it certainly will grow your concept. But with that comes a lot of, uh, you sort of pivot as, as sort of your perception of oversight, you know, or, you know, what you're sort of involved in doing. So we're kind of in the phase right now where we're, we're figuring out the culture we want to instill at each restaurant and sort of exactly how we want operating systems to go and the structure of everything that we want. And we have a lot of that built already. And we certainly probably could franchise to someone right now uh, and give them sort of the playbook. But uh, at this point, we've been able to kind of successfully do locations outside of our immediate area. And, and we think that has a lot to do with our ability to sort of manage the culture and the brand and what people think and feel when they work as a team member for us. And uh, until then, we're going to kind of continue on that path. With that said, the restaurant that we did in Towson, Maryland, that just opened in the middle of this craziness, um, we used a group of equity investors to get that restaurant open. And we're doing the same for our, one of our locations in, in uh, Naples, North Naples. I got to tell you, you for me, Felipe's is one of those places, you know, you, your proverbial, you know, lunchtime, you get in the car. All right, where do you want to go to lunch? And someone says, Felipe's, it's always an instant. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that yeah. um, uh, it, just exactly what you just said, it really drives that because you know, you're in for a good experience. It's just a good energy. You walk in there, it's fun. You know, yeah. and um, so congratulations on that. I, I'm assuming that that doesn't just happen accidentally. Oh, I put a lot of work on that. I appreciate that, Vince. And I was actually going to ask you a question that I think about all the time um, that, that in your commentary you kind of brought up and, and rung a bell with me was, you know, we're kind of 14 years into this. And uh, with that, it's not a long time in comparison to you, but I always want to know how people feel who have managed a brand that's older and for a long, long time. And they're like, how did, how did you continue to keep, was there ever times where you're like, okay, this is boring and you know, it's not cool anymore or whatever. And like, I always think about that because the obviously 
the restaurant business is fluid, every, but every business is fluid and the changes with the time. So I would just love to hear your opinion of sort of how you mentally sort of keep the, the engine stay driving. Fresh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's, 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 yeah. uh, I mean, seriously. It's, you know, quite truthfully, it's been a challenge, you know, um, and uh, the, the, there's certainly a daily grind that takes its toll, right, year after year. Um, however, there's a lot to be grateful for. And to me, that's kind of what keeps me going is, you know, we're um, much like you, we're, we're a brand that's sort of woven into the fabric of the city. And it's a great place to live. It's a great city to be a part of. And to me, I go back to just being grateful for that opportunity. Um, and uh, because it is a, because it's a business that's been around, I didn't found, I obviously wasn't the founder. I don't really see myself as, um, um, as actually an owner of it. I just sort of see myself as the guy steering the ship for the time being. And, you know, hopefully the next person that comes along will have in better condition than uh, when I started, you know, and that if, if we can perpetuate that, that'll be a, a huge win for me and something very personally valuable. So, um, you know, we're not for sale. We'll never be for sale as long as I'm part of it. And, um, um, you know, it's, uh, it's just, I don't know. I just feel very fortunate to be here. And on the tough days, I kind of go back to that, you know. Yeah. And that's challenging, you know. I would say, yeah, I totally agree with the challenge. I'd say conversely, how do you also not get distracted by that sort of, uh, you know, feeling or outside external pressure of like someone saying you got to do this you got to do this idea and, and at this because we've gotten into that trap sometimes like we got to get into this we're going to do that and you're like no like this is what we do all right and this is what's made us successful and we need to kind of remember that i don't know it's hard to sometimes i think stay in between the bumper lanes too because you get outside external pressure you do you know and everyone's got an opinion and um you know, it's sort of your job oftentimes is as much to say no as it is to say yes. Uh, and you also learn from your mistakes. You know, I've personally made a lot of really big, big public mistakes. And you know, <laughs> you know, if you don't get, if you don't learn from them, then it's a waste of time, energy and effort, right? And, and sort of the, the, as I'm sure you guys, you know, you talk about mistakes and you say, hey, it's no problem making a mistake, you know, as long as we learn from it and we'll consider it tuition and we'll be better because of this mistake. And the quote I use internally is, you know, you don't learn anything when everything's going right. You know, you just, you just think, you just end up calling yourself a genius, you know, oh, it's going perfect. I must be really good, you know, <laughs> and then, um, then something hits the wall and then that's, uh, that's when you start learning. So, so being, you know, being, being open to learning, being open to, um, um, uh, not repeating things and just staying curious. That's another big part of it. You know, you've got to stay curious in business. You've got to stay creative. You got to stay um, nimble. Hey Vince, I got to tell you, talk about how you're so ingrained in New Orleans. Uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, I went by a house and it had a sign out in front, like you usually would see with healthcare workers. And it said, uh, an essential worker uh, lives here. And it was somebody who worked at Camellia, right? Oh, awesome. It yeah. was, I assume okay. it was, Seth Hampstead, who is uh, yeah. one of my yeah. neighbors. He, he told I, me to tell you hi. Oh, good. good. <laughs> yeah. He was excited yeah. I was going to be here today. I think you're essential, too. There's, a, there's nothing more New Orleans than red beans and rice, but as much as we like traditions that are steeped in history, we have an almost opposite but equally fervent local tradition, and that's supporting new businesses, especially restaurants. Vincent Pike, between the century of love for Camellia beans and the decade and a half of passion for Felipe's, you're both 
both traditional New Orleans success stories. It wouldn't surprise me if 100 years from now, New Orleanians were still talking about both you and your companies. Thank you both for taking the time to join me today on Out to Lunch. It's a real honor and privilege to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. Good. That was fantastic. I wish it could go longer. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Vince Hayward, CEO of L.H. Hayward Company, the maker of Camellia Beans and many other products, and Pike Howard, Director of Finance and Development at Felipe's Mexican Taqueria. We edited this show to fit into the time slot here on WWNO. You can hear the unedited conversation and find out more about Vince and Pike and their businesses by listening to the Out to Lunch podcast. You can find and subscribe to the Out to Lunch podcast anywhere you get podcasts and on our website, itsneworleans.com. Now, if you want to know what we look like, you can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and on our Out to Lunch social media. These photos were taken today by Jill LaFleur. You can find more of Jill's photos at LaFleurphoto.com. At some point, we're going back to hosting Out to Lunch around the real world lunch table. For right now, Commander's Palace is open for dinner seven nights a week and jazz brunch on the weekends. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris, our technical producer is Eric Merle, and our researcher is Maggie Mendel. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the lunch table for more business, New Orleans style, on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by Hancock Whitney. Hancock Whitney is here for families, here for businesses, here for communities during this challenging time. Visit HancockWhitney.com slash COVID-19 for the latest. And by... Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. 